0: Hey there, this is Red Zone Redemption, a fantasy football podcast, part of the Roto Heat Network. Make sure you follow us on your preferred podcasting network. We should be on there. And this is your host, FF Shane B. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome to the third episode of Red Zone Redemption, formerly the Fantasy Nightcap. I am your host for the night, Shane. And with me tonight are my good friends Nate and Jen Polvoet, who Jen is smarter than both me and Nate combined, so you should listen to whatever she says and just ignore <laughs> me and Nate for this episode. <laughs> Nate and Jen, how y'all doing tonight?
1: Doing great, man. Yeah, we're great. It's been a long day. Jackson didn't have school, so, well, and yeah, we have a lot no- of content due today. Nice. Yeah,
2: I have eye fatigue for sure from staring at a screen all day.
0: I'm sure. And, uh, Jen, you are one of the editors at Fantasy Pros, correct?
2: I am. Yep. Cool. I love it. Um, I love getting to read everybody's stuff before it drops.
0: <laughs> I'm sure. I could not do that. Um, that's why I'm sticking to the audio editing for Roto Heat because then I can just listen and tweak and, uh, not have to, you know, be grammatically correct because I'm not good at that.
2: <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people aren't.
0: am <laughs> <laughs> sure. So uh I was actually working on a written piece for Roto Heat before we uh hopped on, so I'm excited for that to drop. Alright. Enough about me, Nate. You got anything you wanna share? Anything you're doing?
1: I don't really I don't do much. <clears throat> um I do have a DFS Column coming up that will be Ooh. weekly in season for Fantasy Pros, which I'm excited about. Uh, I've got some offensive line rankings that will be dropping, some updated ones here soon before the season starts. Obviously, everything I do at Between Media is like my favorite thing on Earth. So check out inbetweenmedia Media, InBetweenMedia.com, at IBT underscore media on Twitter. And I write for Trophy Snap as well. I'll have a nice. weekly recap slash looking forward to the next week piece coming out every Monday in season. Awesome. But that's
0: it. That's it. Just a little bit.
1: <laughs> Nate, will you do my intro
2: too, please? <laughs> I,
0: will, I will not. <laughs> he also won't book any more shows for you, right?
2: He will not. Well, I, mean, I, I think it's a funny thing in this space. I don't know if, I mean, obviously, Nate's on Twitter 24 7. I am not. I jump in here and there, drop some bombs, and then I'm out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't respond to DMs a whole lot. I, I I do, but it's just, it might take me a day or so to, to get around to it. Um, and now I forgot what you were saying. That's all right. That's fair.
0: Yeah. All right. So we are... Oh, con- yeah.
2: So I was saying, so Nate gets a lot of requests on my behalf. Hey, will Jen do this? Hey, can Jen come on this show? Hey, does Jen want to write for this? Does Jen want to do that? So um, the other night, we just thought it would be funny to change his. Sorry about the cat. Sorry about the cat. I gave him treats, I swear. Um, yeah, so reach out to me directly and just know, disclaimer, it might be a day or two before I get back to you, but I will eventually get there.
1: It is. Yeah, true. guys, I'm not a good PR rep. I'm not a good (laughs) go-between. You really shouldn't be asking me to do that kind of work. I have no training. All
0: right. Fair enough. Public service announcement has been made. All right. So, Nate and Jen, you guys are both Broncos fans, so I had to bring you on to finish out what I think has been a fun series, but finish it out with potentially the best division for the series, and that's our division previews that I've been doing on the, the nightcap and now red zone redemption and we are covering your Denver Broncos AFC West so before we get in that though I've started a new question that I'm going to ask on every uh every episode and I'm so glad that both of you were here because I don't have to answer it this week and that is what is one fantasy tip that can save your season and Jen we'll go with ladies first
2: all right, so my big thing is to, and, and we're going to kind of talk about this topic here throughout, but um, I don't rely on a lot of ADP. ADP is basically a popularity contest, in my opinion. Um, does You don't really know what exactly anybody's going to do. So I like to look at a player as a whole, as part of the team, and look less at ADP. I'll look at projected points for sure, but um, trying to take their whole person into account is probably more important than just hitting the draft button based on ADP,
1: whoever's up next.
0: Yeah. For sure. I love it. And yeah, that we will definitely be talking more about that during this episode. So Nate, what is your answer? It was simple on the show sheet, so I'm expecting some elaboration.
1: So stay calm. There are a million draft strategies out there that you can use, you can employ, you can use bits and pieces of them, whatever you fancy, but just stay calm. A lot of times, you'll see people in drafts, and I've been guilty of this as well, where you'll see a positional run, and you panic, and you might not necessarily be ready to draft that position yet. It's not in your plans, but you do it because everyone else is doing it. Stay calm, trust your gut. You've done... Most people have done the research heading into the draft or they're just hitting the ADP button. And if that's your style, that's your style. You're probably not listening to this podcast. <laughs> More than likely. Like, seriously, stay calm. Don't get caught up in positional runs. Don't feel like you have to take a player at a certain ADP. If it's too high for your taste, let them go. I'm so glad that's, you said that. Yeah, that's it's easier said point, than then. done. But yeah, yeah, Sorry, it is. Shane. But with practice, you can get there. You too can be just like me. Shut (laughs) up.
0: With Um, these three easy
1: steps, follow this thread.
0: (sighs) Okay, we're going to move on. Um, Okay, so we're going to start with buys. So who is one player at their current ADP, ECR, whatever you use to uh, pick players? Uh, that you were buying, and Nathan, we will start with you.
1: Well, I really love Colton Sutton at wide receiver 20. I mean, he's going 51st overall, so you're catching him somewhere in the fourth round, which is fine. It's really not a bad valuation for him, considering this is a guy that, like, very likely, if you think about it, Russell Wilson loved DK Metcalf. Similar profile, not as quick, but he's just as big. He's a guy who can win jump balls. Russell Wilson loves the jump ball, loves that. One of his favorite things about DK Metcalf, and Doug Baldwin as well, can win those jump balls. Colton Sutton can do that. At wide receiver 20, like you're probably getting him eight to nine to 10 spots behind where he finishes the season.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um we'll talk about it in a in a minute, but I'm very, very torn on the top two wide receivers in that offense so and I think that actually leads to Jen's person, so Jen, who is your person that you're buying? Uh, yeah, a lot of
2: sorry, god, interrupter <clears throat> and kind of along the same lines as as Nate was saying, you know we've got Russell Wilson coming in now, and Jerry Judy's a wide receiver thirty um sixty seventh overall and you're getting him at such a value there. I mean, he will split the field with Cortland Sutton for sure. And I I mean, I would say he's gonna be right there in the wide receiver twenty, twenty five by by the end of the season. I mean, he's he's just too good and Russell Wilson's just too good and those two guys, Cortland and, and, and Judy are are gonna be competing.
1: Well, I, th- yeah. I think the nice thing about Judy's ADP, if I may, is that you're not paying a premium to get a guy that could finish as a top five wide receiver if he pops off. And we know sure. the talents there, and what's interesting, I think, should be noted about this Denver wide receiver situation. We haven't seen any of these guys at full capacity between injuries and just absolute putrid quarterback play. We have no idea yeah. what these guys are capable
2: of. Yep, I'm excited. I'm excited for the whole of of Denver to see what happens when Russ is there at
0: center. I'm excited for this whole division. Like, this whole division, and this is why I kind of held it for last and, and for you two, is because it was it just felt like an arms race all off-season long. Somebody makes a move, somebody else makes a counter move. Somebody else makes a third move, somebody else makes a counter move. And it was, it was a lot of fun to watch, I thought. And so I'm very intrigued to see, especially how the Broncos shake out, uh, because I feel like they probably got the best piece or the best improvement in Russ Wilson to be the quarterback, but there were a lot of other moves made that I feel like we need to talk about and probably will. So, um, My player was Juju Smith-Schuster, one of those, we'll call it a counter move, and he's going at wide receiver 32, about 77th overall, and... While Travis Kelsey, I think, will ultimately be the number one target on this offense, I think Juju is kind of being slept on because the year that Juju went to the Pro Bowl, he had Antonio Brown lined up across from him. And then his next best season, he had Deontay Johnson. But Big Ben's arm was a noodle at that point. Now, Juju's going to an offense where he has Kelsey across from him, and he's going to be the potentially number one option as, as wide receiver. And he's got Patrick freaking Mahomes as quarterback, and I'm in love. So, I did some other research to see, like, okay, who was the third target in the offense when it was Antonio Brown and then Juju? And it was Vance McDonald who had, I think, 72 targets. So, you have Antonio Brown had, I think, 160-something, 170. Juju had about 165. And then Vance McDonald at 72. So, if we see Juju... I don't think Juju's going to get 160 targets. But let's say he gets 140, 130. I think he's going to be able to produce with that because his quarterback doesn't have a noodle arm. And you're getting him at wide receiver 32... I think there's upside for him to finish in the low 20s, high teens.
1: I think 140 targets might be a bit much oh, with yeah. Kelsey there. I think we're going to see Jerick McKinnon get more involved in the passing game, which wouldn't be totally shocking. Sounds like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is getting a little bit more involved in the passing game too, which is interesting.
0: It's about time.
1: Right. So I I don't know that he's going to get that, to that 140 target threshold. I mean, he might because this is primarily going to be a passing offense, even but even if he hits 115 to 120 targets, I think you're right. I think that there's enough, and the way that that Kansas City offense works, it's explosive enough that he can, and he was a guy in Pittsburgh who could turn like a five-yard like in route into a 20-yard play. Not Tyreek Hill by any means, but he's probably no. the closest thing this offense has to a Tyreek Hill at this
0: point. What about Miko Hardman?
1: What about Nicole Harden? That what, was about what about MVS? MVS can't MBS? catch.
2: Yeah, Jen, have that you ever d- d- seen d- me that... do
0: my okay. my MVS impersonation? I think Nate no. has. Okay, well, for those of you that can't see this on on camera, like Nate and Jen can, this is it. <laughs> my hands are closed as fists, <laughs> and I'm just clapping them together. That is how MVS catches the ball. <laughs>
1: The problem with MVS is that he drops, like, really quality, high-value targets. Yes. That's where the problem is. Because it was pointed out to me by Andrew Cooper from Fantasy Alarm today that even though Evan Ingram does drop the ball a lot, the amount of volume he's expected to get in that offense, it kind of just doesn't matter. Same thing with Deontay Johnson. when He had drop problems before. Mm -hmm. But when you're dropping high-value targets, you lose those high-value targets. Yep.
2: He also missed half of the season last season.
1: Yep. Right? He did. Yep, so, he did.
2: I mean, it's not fair to to put that much on him.
0: That that's a fair point, Jen. But I just have a haunting memory of Aaron <laughs> Rodgers putting a perfect deep ball out there for MVS and he literally just alligator armed it. Like his arms did not leave the side of his chest. And if he had <laughs> literally just extended his arms, he would have probably caught the ball. Because the thing with MVS that I think people are excited about, and there's, I'm a little excited about it, and this is the whole point that you brought up, Jen, is he's fast. He is lightning quick and will take the top off the defense like Tyreek Hill could. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried that... He's not gonna catch those balls because I've seen him drop too many. Um and so that's that's my concern and I was totally kidding about Miko Hardman. Um I still kind of like him, but from a fantasy outlook like there's nothing to there's nothing to be excited about.
1: What if Patrick uh, Mahomes throws a better ball or a catchable ball for a guy like MBS? Have we thought about that?
0: I mean I think it's apples to apples with him and Rogers, don't you?
1: Yeah, I'm.
2: Yeah, I'm not saying he's going, moving up in quarterback rankings, although he is. Um, I think we're really going to see what Patrick Mahomes is made of this year. I I
0: I do too, and I think he's going to. uh, I think he's going to blow up, and and I don't blow up is not the right word because we've seen him blow up, but I think he's going to impress more than he has because he's working with lesser than he has in the past.
1: A lot of people are down on Mahomes losing Tyreek Hill, and I, I do. I understand it because he was such a dynamic weapon. But mm-hmm. to your point, Shane, like, we're going to see what's Mahomes made of. He doesn't have yeah. a safety blanket anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, he still does. He has Kelsey, but he doesn't have sure. his second safety blanket, who was also like the fastest player in the NFL.
1: In the history of the NFL, probably. Yeah.
0: So, okay. Who are we selling? Jen, we'll start off with you, um, because you and I actually agree on this player.
1: Okay,
2: so don't get me wrong, I love Javante Williams, I love him, but I think we saw and will see something different out of Melvin Gordon this year. Um, speaking of the dropsies, you know, I think any Broncos fan has a little bit of PTSD thinking about. Melvin Gordon, because that's all he was. He was dropsies, but he was also playing for perhaps a different team. He thought he was going to go somewhere else. And uh, he showed up and I think he's just going to continue to rise. And I mean, they, they split the backfield. 50-50, 51-49, whatever it ended up being season. I think last it ended season. up
0: being truly 50-50 last year.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I do have Javante in a couple of places, but, I mean, 20th overall seems a yeah. bit
1: early. Like, that's crazy, man. Well, it's a steep price for a dude who, Jen, like you're saying, like, they went out and re-signed Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Melvin Gordon isn't washed. Like, this is a guy who's capable of, if he got the full workload, he could be an RB1.
0: God, you guys are making me feel so much better and like I'm not a crazy person. Um, and maybe maybe I am a crazy person because I haven't been as high on Javante as people have been. And I'll chalk that up to maybe not watching enough of Javante. But my whole thing has been in college, and I've got his stats pulled up, actually. He, uh, he split the backfield with Michael Carter. And maybe this is my Michael, me liking Michael Carter enough that it's that biased. But in his sophomore year, he had 166 carries, 933 yards, five touchdowns, 17 catches, 176 yards, and one touchdown. Nothing spectacular. 1,100 total yards. Pretty good when you're splitting the backfield. Excuse me uh junior year. That's when he really and I won't even say he really blew up. He still he and Carter had about similar stats and carries and yardage, but he had nineteen touchdowns. I think that's what caused him to blow up from a college standpoint. And touchdowns, especially in the NFL and at fantasy football, are a fickle, fickle beast. And I don't know if especially if Melvin Gordon is there who's going to be or should probably be your goal line back, because as Nate said, he's good enough to be an RB1 elsewhere, and he's bigger than Javante, I think. Um, Like, I just see them splitting the backfield more than people want to admit. Now, this year, that could be 55-45 in favor of Javante, or even 60-40. But I think Melvin is going to be a nuisance to those Javante owners, and I'm not drafting him at r b twelve twentieth overall, so I'm selling him at that price, especially if I've already got him on a roster because I feel like you can capitalize on the hype and get something better in return or something that's potentially more consistent and i I think it was the last episode with me and Jorge uh Martin or the episode before that I'm not sure where I talked about how. We've seen backfields like uh Eckler and Gordon or Camara and Mark Ingram succeed, where you've got the guy who's your plotter, your ground and pound, and then your receiving back. And Javante almost kind of fits in that more receiving back role in this offense. It's not to say he can't do both, but that's where he's going to fit better when you've got Melvin Gordon. And if you use them both that way, they both last longer, and we don't deal with injuries like we've seen to guys like CMC, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, different guys like that. So I've rambled on enough about Javante. you will have at it. <laughs>
1: so here, okay. So you just made an interesting point, saying that Javante Williams is probably a better receiving back. I don't necessarily disagree. He was outrushed by almost 200 yards by Michael Carter with one less carry. Michael Carter had one less carry. Yep. did well in the receiving department. We saw him do well last season. The Broncos' new head coach, it should be noted, is former Green Bay Packers offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, Hackett, who managed masterfully Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon last season. Yep. This isn't a different situation, necessarily. you have got two very talented backs. Both deserve to be featured. He's probably going to find a way to make them both relevant, because, I mean, really, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones were both very relevant last season. Yep. He used to say, what if Javante Williams is second on this team in targets?
0: Yeah. Or third. I mean,
1: see, like, second, third, fourth. It, while it's third and fourth is probably more likely. But like I, I see where that could happen. And Melvin Gordon's contract is only a one-year deal. Yeah. So from that standpoint, like past this season in Dynasty, he's probably a guy you're going to want on your team. Because I very highly doubt Denver resigns Melvin Gordon again if they thought they wanted him for two seasons they give him a two season deal so i i think he's he's a guy that like i like in dynasty if you don't have to pay up too much for him right now the cost is just it's prohibitive i'm not paying yeah. for a guy who I'm, i i'm pretty sure is going to pay off next year but i'm not 100% sure and i'm with you guys like for this season i'd be selling him for what you can get. Because you can get a haul for him. A guy who's probably wow. going to return RB2 value this season. You could get enough to get an RB1 next year. Plus probably like a mid-tier wide receiver for Javante. You can get a first rounder for Javante. Easily. 2023, easily. Plus you can easily. get some of their veteran pieces for your team.
0: Yeah. And I, I think, Nate, that's ultimately my point, And I'm hoping Jen's as well. That he's being drafted or valued at a back end RB one and I just don't see him returning that value unless Gordon goes down. Right.
1: Oh yeah. And don't forget about Mike Boone.
0: Is he still on the team?
1: He is, he didn't get cut yet.
0: <laughs> he probably will get cut.
1: Uh he might not. He might be the R B three in Denver. I mean yeah. he hung out, he stuck around last season, he didn't have to stay on the roster.
0: Ooh. All right, Nate. Who you selling? And I love your answer. When I saw it, I was like, "Yes," because I almost put it.
1: This makes me sad, but it's it's Albert, Albert O. Albert Aquaguinum. Um I'm sure I that butchered boy. that, and I'm really
0: sorry. That was pretty good.
1: That
2: was not like, bad. Hey, I I practiced that name on the way home from dropping my mom off at the hospital. My dad, I drove my dad's car. Quick backstory, um, and he has it perpetually set to the AM. Sports station here in Denver. And the guys here, I mean, they said it probably 50 times. And every time they every said time it, I was tried different. To, I, well, I, I'm like trying to repeat it. I'm like, crap. Nope, that's not it either. So Alberto works for all Denver fans.
1: Well, and we're in a unique position of understanding this because, like, you've seen our last name. Hold it's up. not <laughs> as compli- it's not as complicated as his, but it, I mean, it's there. I mean, he Look, does he, win the award for
2: most complicated,
1: I believe. This season, yes, mm-hmm. yes, he gets it. Yeah, last less like three seasons now. Here's yeah. the thing: like, I love the talent, and I think that eventually this guy is going to pop off in the NFL. But I mean, he spent the last two seasons mostly injured, hasn't gotten a ton of opportunity. We're stepping into a new system. And Hackett doesn't use tight ends. Robert Tanyan popped off once, and that was fun. But that was all touchdowns. There's no way that Alberto's going to be any sort of red zone focus in this offense. If it's going to be any tight end, it's probably going to end up being Greg Dulcich by midseason. They picked up this guy for a reason. I love him, and I loved what Hackett said where we're going to use him more as a receiver. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he pops off and he's like Kyle Pitts, mostly lining up in the slot or out and gets 150 targets. I'm probably not wrong. Even at tight end 15, like, it's just too early for me, for him. For a guy that I don't think he's even a tight end two-tier guy this season. I just don't see And look see at it.
2: that hair on Greg. I mean, how could you say no Oh, it's that?
1: gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Beautiful locks. Beautiful I'm sorry that I'm balding, honey. <laughs> That's not what it's about.
0: <laughs> okay, we're going to play a quick name game then. Right. Are you ready, Nate? Yep. Okay. Albert O. Or Mike Gesicki?
1: Mm, oh, that one. That's like... oh, Bad or worse. Yeah. I think Albert O's probably got the better situation. I mean, there are rumors that they're trying to trade Mike Gusecki in Miami. So Yeah. And th- the thing about Gusecki is that he mostly plays slot. You yep. don't need him to play slot anymore.
0: Nope.
1: Nope. There's invited- some
0: dude named Tyreek Hill and Jalen right. Waddle, right? <laughs> right.
1: And they got Cedric, Cedric Wilson. Yep. They brought him in. And he, he showed flashes in Dallas last season. He was going to pop off in this league. I mean, I, I I just don't see it for Gusecki, and he's going as tight end thirteen.
0: Yeah. All right, Albert O or Hunter Henry? I don't even know if you actually answered that last one, but Albert O or Hunter Henry?
1: Hunter Henry. I think the red zone red zone upside is there. We saw him be yeah. a favorite target of Mac Jones. I don't think Devontae yeah. Parker takes much away from Henry in that respect.
0: Because Devontae Parker sucks.
1: Well. He's going to track. Al- worth a shot.
0: He sucks. Albert O. or Noah Fant? Probably Albert O. again.
1: I mean, tight ends don't really... Russell Wilson hasn't had... Seattle hasn't had a relevant fantasy tight end since Jimmy Graham was there like 35 years ago.
0: Didn't Will yeah. Disley, to use your word, pop off for a minute?
1: Uh, he had like two good games. And okay. you know what? But they then also he got Yeah, then he got hurt, and they signed Disley to an extension this offseason. I feel like Fant was just kind of a throw-in here, where it was like, well, Denver doesn't, we don't need him. We're trying to get Russell Wilson. There's some value to be had here. He's a very good blocking tight end, too, and I think people forget that. He's not just a pass catcher.
0: Yeah. Alright, that'll wrap up the name game. Okay, this is, this is, like, the meat of the episode right here, and it's not even, like, the the topic of What's on there? Who is the wide receiver one in Denver? I'm going to go first because I'm different. I picked Jerry Judy. I see cases for both. So, like, I I, I don't disagree with Sutton, but I'm just going to make the case for Judy. For me, one of the, the stats that I use in my rankings, my dynasty rankings, It's called average target separation. Jerry Judy was number one in the league last year. He is a phenomenal route runner. We knew that from him coming out of college. He's done nothing but that in the NFL. I just need him to stay healthy because I think that is any quarterback's best friend. Now, Russ Wilson doesn't need it because Russ Wilson's a good quarterback and a veteran quarterback. But having that is still going to be I don't even know if something different is the right word because I feel like, I feel like there's comps for like Judy to lock it and Sutton to DK and they both had their games of where they popped off, but I feel like Judy is probably a more technical route runner than Lockett even was. And so I'm just looking forward to Russ having that kind of safety blanket of someone always being open. And that to me is Judy.
1: Okay, sure, but here's my question. Hit me. Russell Wilson has never really heavily targeted a slot receiver. Correct. Okay. Sure. Nathaniel Hackett's Green Bay offense didn't really utilize a slot receiver. It was Lazard, okay. it was Adams on the outside. Occasionally they'd have MBS in the slot. We you know how that went. He didn't get targeted a ton. Jerry Judy last season. Out of 412 total snaps on offense, he lined up in the slot 305 times.
0: The okay, Broncos so about... have
1: th- did three quarters of the time. He was, yeah, 70% of the time. He was in the slot. KJ Hamler lined up 75% of the time when he was healthy on the outside, similar okay. to what Tim Patrick did. Yeah. Do we really think that Hackett is going to change Judy's role? when he's more effective as a slot guy, and push him outside, when he
0: hasn't shown so, he's effective outside. My counter to that is, do we know that he's only effective in the slot because he's had shitty quarterback play with Drew Locke, That's Geno fair. Smith... And, and not the best No, coach. not Geno Smith, Jesus Christ. Um, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater, Trevor Simeon, I think at one point during Judy's career, I don't no, know if he's they got had, to play he never together.
1: had Simeon. He had... Oh, my God, it was Drew, it was Locke, and Rippon, and Driscoll last season.
0: A game of Kendall Hinton. A
1: game of Kendall Hinton, the one whole pass attempt that whole game. I I mean, you're you're making a fair point. It's just that primarily in Judy's career, he's lined up in the slot. It's what he does the best. It's what he's most skilled at. He's a better route runner from the slot. He understands the field better from the slot position. But when you, when you have a guy like K.J. Hamler, who's a speedster and a deep ball threat, why wouldn't you use him on that outside slot? It, it, it just makes more sense to me. I can, and yeah. I'm i not an NFL coach. I never played a down to football in my life other than flag. But I'm telling you from what I'm seeing, I don't know that they're going to move Judy outside. If they don't move him outside, I don't know that he has that window to be this team's leading receiver.
0: So counterpoint to your counterpoint, and then we'll maybe let Jen talk. Um <laughs> <laughs> Has Hackett or Wilson ever had a slot receiver as talented as Judy?
1: Probably not. That's a fair point. I agree with that.
0: That's that. The, that's the only point I got. But I, I like, I hear you. Like if. The offense doesn't change, then it the outlook for Judy is is poor.
1: Well, I mean, to be fair, Tyler Lockett last season lined up in slot three hundred and two times out of eight hundred and nineteen snaps. So there could be something there to it. This is a new world in Denver. You've got a new coach, and yeah. a Quarterback. We, I, in reality, we don't actually world. know <laughs> exactly. We don't know what this offense is going to be. We'll know like week four, or week five what this team is. Yeah.
0: All right, Jen. Nate and I, I have mean, talked enough. Who is I the wide like, receiver one to you?
2: I feel like you guys have said it all, but I, I, there's just a part of me that has to stick with Sutton. I mean, you can't go wrong with either guy. Honestly, you can't. For all the points that you guys were saying. I just feel a little bit more confident in Sutton. Um, I just think that he's going to outperform this year. and. Again, to both of your points, we've got Russell Wilson. We're going to keep saying this for the rest of the show. We've got Russell Wilson now. It, it's uh, it's completely different than either of these talented receivers have experienced since they joined the Broncos. I mean, it's it's truly exciting to be a Broncos fan again, and, and you <laughs> honestly cannot go wrong with either.
1: Yes. Yeah, I'm with Jen on this. It's gonna be Colton Sutton. For for all the previous reasons I stated. I mean, he's the alpha receiver in this offense. He's he's got that big profile like DK Metcalf. And I think that Wilson's gonna favor him, especially and this is where it really counts. Cortland Sutton's gonna get a lot of red zone targets. Okay. A lot of red zone targets. He will lead the team in red zone targets.
2: Well, Cortland Sutton's taller, he's got more of a profile. I mean He's six foot three.
1: I mean he's so, Sutton's just that big-bodied <laughs> guy who's gonna win the jump balls. Like I stated previously, there's no way he doesn't leave this game in targets unless he gets hurt. Yep. All right. Makes sense.
0: All right. We <laughs> we're gonna call this next question the Raiders. Um. So, which player at their current ADP ECR are you guys holding? When are you buying or selling them? Jen, hit me.
2: So I am a Darren Waller truther, as I think a lot of people are. And as a Denver fan, it pains me. It pains me to like anybody on the Raiders. And yet here I am with all sorts of shares of of Raiders. But I don't think you could pry Darren Waller from my dead cold hands. I mean, I pick him up (laughs) wherever I can, whenever I can. I I will take him whenever he's a big dude. I like who he is as a human being. I like his story. Um, You know, by the end of the season, we'll see what happens. He's right now tight end five, overall forty seven. I have no shame taking him in the first round if we've got tight end premium or super flex or or some sort of. can't think of the word uh scoring league whatever anyways darren waller to the moon all over the place and i think that the tight end five just doesn't do him justice i mean tight end three tight end four anybody
0: okay i like it does the injury scare you at all
2: Not in particular. I mean, he's going to bounce back. He's fine. He's always put up proven numbers. He's in the same system. The only thing that does scare me is, um, Josh McDaniels, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, that's my only hesitation with anything Raiders related. And going back to PTSD, when Josh McDaniels was the head coach in Denver, you just... You don't know with him. He's had many years separated from the Broncos. He's had those years spent back with Belichick. Um, He's more mature. He's more experienced. So I'm not going to completely throw him under the bus, but I am hesitant in anything all in besides Waller in Las Vegas.
0: Okay, this totally isn't happening, but wouldn't it be hilarious if, like, literally this week he goes back to the Patriots?
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. He would just, uh, you know, history
1: repeats itself, right? And now we know why they haven't signed or named an offensive coordinator. They always knew he was coming back. He just stole some secrets from the Raiders, (laughs) came back home, (laughs) daddy Bill. Look, I think no. Waller's going to do great. And here's why. Because we know how much Josh McDaniels loves using tight ends. We even yeah. saw it last year with Hunter Henry, man. The guy was like a red zone freak. That. So Darren Waller is a guy who's, I mean, he might have a career year. And plus, like, he's not, he's no longer, because like last season, he was the focus for defenses. Yeah. Because once Ruggs was gone, who'd they have? Brian Edwards? Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Hunter Renfro popped off a little bit, which was great. I'd love to see it.
0: I'm going to title this episode, Popped Off, just letting you know. You should.
1: Um, I, I think Waller's good. I think Waller finishes his tight end, too. Overall.
2: Who's ahead? It's of a people. little bit more bold than I would go, but yeah. Travis Kelsey will be number okay.
1: one. Andrews, I'm pegging it four or five, probably, with the loss of passing volume in that offense. Still a respectable finish. I just think that Waller's upside is tight end, too. Who do you have as three? Probably Kyle Pitts. Ooh. I don't hate that. Pitts is... The thing about Kyle Pitts is that, guys, he's not a tight end. He is a really big slot receiver that can go out wide. He's an alien. He's an alien. Mm
0: -hmm. That's what he is. And
1: you don't think Marcus Mariota is going to be throwing him the ball nonstop? And then when Desmond Ritter takes over, he's going to be throwing him the ball nonstop? Desmond Ritter! The only thing missing from Kyle Pitts in 2021 was touchdowns. He had one. This season, even if he has like five or six, still, that puts him at tight end three, tight end two. Yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about the NFC South.
0: We're not. I did that episode by myself. That was fun. Uh, All right. Nate, I'm very intrigued by yours. And again, this is another Raiders player, so hit me. So I really like
1: Hunter Renfro. I think this is going to be a kind of pass-heavy offense. They let Drake go. Zamir White's more of a pass-catching back. And they've got Josh Jacobs, who has proven to be incredibly ineffective. Like he has his moments, but he's—I don't think he's the type of runner that Josh McDaniels is going to lean on. He's not a bell cow guy. He's not a guy who's going to get a lot of receiving work. Hunter Renfro is the third receiver, second receiver, third receiving option for Derek Carr, who has proven to be a very effective, efficient quarterback. He's never had coaching as good as he's going to get from Josh McDaniels. The guy is kind of a quarterback guru, as we've he's seen. He's also
0: never had a receiving core like this.
1: Not ever. Hunter Renfro no weapons like this. Hunter Renfro went off last season. He's not going to be draws to throw to, <laughs> but he was drawing the marquee coverage every week.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He
1: won't be drawing that this this season. So why he's going as wide with wide receiver thirty five overall eighty six. The minute that he climbs into wide receiver 20 or higher, like I will consider selling him at that price because I think that's probably his ceiling. And It's probably a one- to two-season ceiling. And if I can get, like I don't know, a first, early, second-round pick next season and maybe a veteran piece or two for him, I'm okay with that. But dude, wide receiver 35, that is so cheap for a guy that has the potential to finish 15 slots higher.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, i'm gonna c- complete the the Raiders receiving trio and go with Devonte Adams. I feel like at wide receiver four and eleventh overall, mainly the wide receiver four part um <sighs> disrespect feels strong, but that's kind of the word I'm leaning on here. Because Devontae Adams is the best route runner in the league, um, and is going to be paired with, it, it's, it's dumb to rely on narrative sometimes. I I'll admit that, but we've seen over the last year or two, when a receiver gets linked back up with their college quarterback, it's like they did never step off the field, um, to go to different teams or anything like that and so he's reconnecting with Derek Carr. Is it going to be the same level of passing as Aaron Rodgers? No, but Nate, you just said Derek Carr's been incredibly efficient. He's a good fantasy quarterback, too. I I think Adams will be fine. The one area that he may drop off on is touchdowns, but I think the volume will still be there. And, I mean, I just... Can't not trust Devonte Adams. He's too good, and so at wide receiver four, I'll I'll hold on to him because you also like sometimes there's uh, a push when a player gets really good to sell him and just capitalize on the value. And I try to emphasize like sometimes you need to hold on to the good players because the point of fantasy football is to win the game, win the championship, and you need good players to do that. Devonte Adams fits that mold. I think he's going to be fine for a redraft. You might want to start looking at some and in, in Dynasty, but redraft, I'm perfectly fine with him.
1: So, do you say you think there's going to be a drop-off in touchdowns? hmm Who, Who's going to be scoring more?
0: Well, you mentioned Darren Waller. so Sure,
1: but they don't have a pass-catching back like an Aaron Jones. They don't True. have a bruiser at the line like A.J. Dillon. I think I think we might see him have one of his highest touchdown totals of his entire career.
0: Okay, wow. the only reason I say that is it's going to be really hard for him to do that. Give me 2 seconds. Because the last 2 years combined he's had 29 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And then there is a 3 year stretch from 2016 to 2018 where he had 12, 10, and 13. So I'm thinking drop off being like that 11 range. If he gets up into that 15 to 20 range, then he's paid off for you. But I just, that's the only area where I'm like, I don't know if he's going to really get there. But then last year, he had 11 touchdowns. He also had his highest yardage total, and that was 1,500, almost 1,600 yards. So, I could see him getting that high in yardage, probably. Um, like, I could see him matching last year, which was 169 targets, 123 catches, 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns.
1: I. Th- so, Carr had 23 touchdowns last season. Mm-hmm. It was his second, third highest. Oh, wow. Fourth highest career total. Um, I think we see him. really. So he had 32 in 2015, 27 in 2020, and then 28 in 2016. I think we see Carr get somewhere into that 35 touchdown range. Because, again, this is an offense that's going to throw the ball a lot more. He threw it 626 times last season. I could see him getting closer to 680 attempts. Somewhere around there, and I I don't think there's any reason that he doesn't throw he, more touchdowns. It, 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 the coaching is going to be so much better than he's had. John yeah. Gruden came back to the Raiders after being an analyst for ten years, and he didn't know about and he didn't change a
0: damn thing. He
1: didn't. This is going mm-hmm. to be a much better Raiders team than we've seen in the past, and it pains me to my core to see it. But I think that I really think that Carr might be a top. Ten quarterback this year, Ooh, and I think, that, I think that translates to Devonte Adams having another wide receiver two season.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not going to argue with you. That's I mean, he's being drafted wide receiver four. We've seen him finish as the wide receiver one two years ago. He was wide receiver two last year. It's there. Mm-hmm. Draft him. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, he's not quarterback dependent.
0: Nope. Nope. He's quarterback proof. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Okay, you two are a bunch of nerds, okay? (laughs) So, our next player that we're looking at is which player at their current ADP is your sleeper for the division and why? And you nerds picked the same player. (laughs) We
2: sure
1: did.
0: (laughs) So...
2: So... Yeah. Jen, so, you go
0: first because Nate's talked too much.
2: Well, in fairness, Nate and I listen to the ex the exact same podcast. We watch the exact same shows. Um, we do different research for sure. But I can I don't I couldn't even tell you who said Nate, do you remember that KJ Hammer was in their top five of
1: sleepers? Oh, okay. For this I was year,
0: like, please God, don't say just top. Oh, five. I can't
1: remember who it <laughs> was. Oh, oh my God, it was, no. it was on Good Morning Football.
2: I yeah, think. it was a compelling I, argument. It it, it might have been Kyle. I don't know. Um, but they made such good points, and I walked away from that because it was kind of head snapping for me because I was paying attention but not paying attention. And KJ Hamler like snuck in at number five, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" And he laid out this argument. I was like, damn, like that's legit. Um, Mm. and started doing a little bit more, a little bit more research and specifically again, because Russell Wilson is our quarterback, but he he,
0: yawns better than drew lock.
2: Yeah, obviously. Um, but basically what they were saying and what, I found when I really started to dig into it is that he's like the Tyler Lockett of the Broncos. If he gets a chance, this kid's been hurt. He has not played a lot. We need to see him. And with his quickness, he's going to be able to get to the ball if it is thrown his way, and if he has an opportunity to catch that ball. So, I mean, he could get hurt. We don't know. But I just, I feel very passionately about KJ Hamler this year.
0: I love it. I'm honestly glad that I picked my player before I saw who y'all picked, um, because I almost picked Hamler. Like, I'm not even kidding you guys. But I wanted to pick somebody from a different team. Um, one that we haven't really talked about much tonight, um, ironically enough, and my pick is Josh Palmer. Uh wide receiver sixty eight, a hundred and ninety-first overall, according to Fantasy Pros. And uh I love Justin Herbert. And he's in year three. Three years ago at this time you would have I would have been caught dead saying that. I love Justin Herbert. He's got a cannon of all, an arm. He can make any throw that needs to be made. I think he's got moxie and swag and whatever the hell you want to call it to be able to lead this team. And going into year three, I he's just going to continue to realize his full potential.
2: I agree. Amen.
0: Keenan yeah. <laughs> Allen is that... Another one of the best route runners in the league. One of those guys that is always, always open that we've been talking about all episode. Mike Williams is that big, deep threat that can, and I don't think he's adjust that. I think he's proven that um, he can be more than that over the last two years with, with Herbert. But Josh Palmer can step into a role of being that guy that's not, getting the number one, getting the number two corner, and capitalize on it. And I think as Herbert rises, the rest of the offense rises, and that is where Josh Palmer will step into this role. And he's so cheap. And I I struggled to pick him because I feel like on, on Twitter he gets a little more hype. So I was shocked when I saw his ADP. And so I absolutely love him as a sleeper for this division.
1: I like it. Jen and I, this afternoon, were talking about Mike Williams and why he's fantasy relevant. Simply the fact that, I mean, Gerald Everett's their tight end now. We know what Gerald Everett is. He's not really that great of a pass-catching tight end. He's had flashes, but, like, we know what he is. Josh Palmer's Uh coming into his second season. When he got opportunity last season, he did really well with it. He had, against the Giants, he had seven targets, five catches, a touchdown, seventeen fantasy points.
2: He blew he up.
1: Had, he blew up against or Houston. Popped
2: off as you like popped, to say. Off.
1: Popped, off. That's <laughs> popped off. Apparently,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> I think I read I read that somewhere today, and it just like weasled itself into my brain. Week sixteen against Houston, he had a ninety seven percent snap share. Six targets, five catches, a touchdown, 15 fantasy points. Week 18 against Las Vegas, he had nine targets, four catches, and a touchdown, 14.5 fantasy points. I'm with you, Shane. I love this call. Thank
0: you.
2: Yeah, same here.
0: Thank you. All right, Nate, I'm going to make you pick on the spot somebody not named K.J. Hamler. You don't have to talk much about him, but pick somebody else. This is
1: tough. I'm going to go with uh, Jarek McKinnon. I think okay. I'm going to have
0: to look up his ADP real quick. Shall so I'll do that. Uh, it's um, free. It's, it's hashtag free 99. Oh,
1: yes. He's running back 74 overall 246. Um, yeah. There's no clear. Look, if we've learned anything about Kansas City for as great as they are, that running back room is an absolute mess. And someone's got to come out and emerge. I don't think it's ever going to be Clyde Edwards Hilaire because he's not the complete package, and we've seen that. He's proven that. Um, yes. You're number one too, Shane. Um yeah. But we saw what well, we saw from McKinnon last season, the end of last season, and he's been hampered by injuries for a handful of years now. He's not a guy who's going to get you consistent production every week, but he's a guy who you're going to know when he's going to pop off. There are going to be situations where he's going to pop off. And I'm just going to keep saying pop off, pop off, pop off, pop off.
2: (laughs) Do you have it out of your system now?
1: Yeah, I'm done. Look, there there are times this season where he will be fantasy relevant, where he's going to have a game that's good enough as a flex play and it's probably going to be five or six times this season. But what else do you want from a sleeper? Not everybody can be James Robinson, Cordero Patterson, where they come out of nowhere. and you're picking Elijah up Mitchell. On Elijah Mitchell, where you're picking up on week three in the waiver wire, and they win your league for you. Yeah. But this is, I mean, it's a pretty solid bet that he's going to have at least four or five weeks where he's going to be super fantasy relevant. And it's going to be, if you're reading and paying attention to what some of the analysts are saying, you're going to know when that's going to be.
0: Alright, quickly, who leads the Raiders in targets this year? We'll say it together on three. One, two, three. Devontae. Adams. Adams. I think that's that's pretty easy. So yeah. Alright. This next question I love. Um <laughs> Uh sorry y'all, I'm chuckling at the show sheet because Nate's smart self put Travis Kelsey for this question. And I specifically worded it to eliminate Travis Kelsey. So, which wide receiver, wide receiver Nate, leads the Chiefs in targets? (laughs) And Nate, you get to start because I'm just picking on you.
1: Well, Shane, you and I have the same guy. And I think it's fairly obvious. It's going to be Juju if he's healthy. Uh, Who else is it going to be? Maybe MVS? Maybe. And then who? Nicole Hardman? Maybe Sky Moore. But I don't think I see yeah, that. I'm, Maybe next season for Sky Moore. I don't think it's this yeah. season.
0: Juju uh, well, uh, just our makes the most Jorge, sense. Our good buddy Jorge Martin, did mint, like he mentioned last week. Like, if you're looking for someone in the in the Chiefs division or Chiefs wide receiver room as a potential sleeper, it was Sky Moore. So, and that and that's was totally fair. Yeah, you know, like, series or whatever.
1: He could pop off. What's his? What's what oh my God, is ADP? Again, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I will stop this. segment is synonyms for pop off. We can say go off, we can say explode, we can say surprise us. Uh, those are my top three. Shane, do you have anything to add besides pop off?
0: Blow up. He could blow, blow up. up. Excel. Excel's a great one. Exceed
2: it our seven. expectations.
0: Exceed expectations.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay, you've got I mean, five. Come out, now.
0: Of, come out of nowhere.
2: Yeah, <laughs> six.
0: What's kind uh, cro- of okay. Sky more to He's answer your question, wide receiver 51. I've got 57 on fantasy pros. What? I'm on fantasy pros. What are you talking about? Are you <laughs> looking at. Am I looking at. Oh, I'm looking at standard scoring. Why does it do that? son of a nutcracker nope I've still got him that moved him lower what in the world we're going to get at this point
1: yeah wide receiver 51 overall 134 eh at the back end of a draft if you feel like getting somebody and he's still floating around I'd grab him stop it Shane (laughs) I can't even at the same time man. I'm not. Honey, if you ever wonder why it takes us two and a half hours to record a podcast, now you know.
0: Now you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jen, if you will, uh, make your case for your player for who leads the Chiefs and Targets.
2: You know I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> why? There's, there's there's no way MBS does it. I just couldn't agree with you guys again like
1: this is too boring. <laughs> trying to shake it up
2: like i okay. i spent my whole day writing and editing and by the time i got to the show sheet i'm like yep agree oh crap agree oh god again agree so i got to this last one i'm like bleep it mvs let's talk about mvs which we already did kind of at the top of the hour in no way do i actually believe that he's going to lead the chiefs of targets um, okay. I'm hopeful I've got him in a couple of spots, you know, pick him up in the 22nd round or whatever, but, yeah. um, y- you know, I
0: think he's a great best target. but I don't, you know, you're right. Yes. That.
2: You're right. Yep. Otherwise. Yeah, I agree. So MVS is my, my joke choice. Cause I didn't want to say okay. juju again.
0: Okay. That's fair. All right. Knock knock. I just changed oh gosh, who's there? <laughs> oh, it knock knock. <laughs> is that what you're going with? Mm-hmm.
2: Knock knock.
0: Um Okay, so I just changed my answer to this just so we could again, you know, be a little different because we all put the same answer for this. Who wins this division?
1: The Broncos. Broncos. Is
0: and not that your just from a speaking that's okay. not
2: just from being a fan. No, the Broncos okay by and large, have a better chance at winning this division, hands down, than any other team.
0: Okay. Here's my follow-up question to this. Who do you guys think has the best defense? Is it the Broncos? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's what separates them. Because, Shane, we all know you're a dad, you're a parent, defense wins championships.
2: As as the progressive commercial says. How did it not become your parents? Deep wins championships.
1: <laughs> I'm
2: sad
0: that that needed clarification.
2: Yeah, I see that Shane decided to spell Chiefs the same way I did, which is the correct way. It is the correct
0: way. Yeah, so I switched my answer to this. Um, I think that the Chiefs could go scorched earth. Well, not the Chiefs as a team. I think Patrick Mahomes could go scorched earth as, uh, as the QB and and lead this team to winning the division potentially. Their defense is going to have to keep up, and I think that's what excites me so much about this division. Unfortunately, the best whoever does end up being the best defense is probably going to win this division unless someone like Mahomes or Herbert just has an absolutely career year. So. What if Russell Wilson has a career
1: year? Peyton Manning had the the Broncos.
0: Then then the Broncos are one in the division.
1: Exactly, that's what I'm saying.
2: I I think there's too much change for Mahomes and for the Chiefs in general. I mean, I think this is like too much. This is just like, it's um, a
1: newness overload. Yeah. Well, who knew that the ripple effect of losing Tyreek Hill, because it changes that offense. Yeah where you could hide your inadequacy at running back with Tyreek Hill because he was so good at turning those short routes into like 20-yard gains. You don't know that you have that guy this season. And if you don't have yeah. that, your running game has to be better, and it's not.
0: I, I'm i going to disagree with you there, but we don't have time for it. Go look at the games where Clyde Edwards-Alaire has gotten more than 20 carries. He's been perfectly freaking fine. That's fine, but he's not going to get twenty plus carries. But he can and should. That's my point. Okay, we're moving on. Dark Horse, other playoff team. Uh, Nate, I'm going to make you go first, just so you can, I can see you being. Damn it, you guys put the same answer, <laughs> and it was wholly unintentional.
2: I
1: probably right. have different reasons than Nate does.
0: Okay, Nate, you go first. Then. So Whether I, I think that the I else.
1: think that the Raiders' offense. Is going to be powerful enough that they can overcome a weaker defense and possibly challenge some of the other defenses in the division, they're a wild card. If they make the playoffs, they're a wild card. And if they make the playoffs, there's three teams from the AFC West making the playoffs. I don't that's think there's fair. a I don't think there's a team in this division that's worse than nine wins. I think they're all yeah. too good. And I, th- it, I think it'll come down to tiebreakers, and I think that the Raiders somehow, some way, end up winning that wild card tiebreaker and get in. And I think it's probably because of Devonte Adams, Darren Waller, and Derek Carr.
0: Okay, I don't hate that. Jen, follow up.
2: I'm, I mean, I guess for the same reasons, the addition of Devontae just kind of elevates this team beyond anyone's expectations. And he might surprise us with what he gives to the team as far as motivation and um, experience. And he, he, they, he's basically going to pepper in just a little bit of a difference to be that difference maker for this team to kind of squeak in unexpectedly, I guess would be the best way to put it.
1: So, well, what you're saying is kind of
2: Nate the whole time.
1: they're going to pop off, right
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yes, oh they will unexpectedly goodness. pop off.
0: That was beautiful that mm-hmm. was that was amazing. Um, okay, I like it. That makes sense. I'm going with the chargers, and there's a couple couple factors, one being Justin Herbert. Two, I think they could easily vie for the best defense, as long as they maintain health. Three, if they don't make the playoffs, Brandon Staley, that's their head coach, right? He yeah. might get fired. It's this only his team, second I,
1: season, though.
0: I think it's his third, is it not? No, this is his second season. Okay. Um, I I don't know, I still, like... This team is too good with Herbert, Allen, Eckler, Williams, Josh Palmer, even Everett and Donald Parham, who the hell you want playing tight end. They've improved the offensive line repeatedly over the the last couple of drafts. And that defense, again, as long as it is healthy, is way too good to not make it in. I I wonder if Staley's he he runs into that analytic game of like going forward on fourth down and things like that and I wonder if those decisions come to bite him in the butt where he ends up getting fired because he he made the wrong decision too many times i think see- with
2: this division is that <laughs> any one of the four teams it's so good yeah all four absolutely. teams are so good that this is just one ACL, Liz, Frank, MCL yeah, away yeah. from changing the entire dynamic of the division. So yeah. there's nothing to
1: argue against the Chargers squeaking in. Yeah. No, what Jen said is perfectly right. This division's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Ooh, y'all picked the same damn team again, but you have a different record for it. Okay. Who ends up last in this division, and what is their record? I'm going to go first. I went with the Raiders at 6-11. and 11. I don't think their defense will be able to keep up with the other offenses, even the Chiefs. So,
1: I that's my reason. But you don't think their offense is high-powered enough to... Win some of those games that are close because their defense can't keep up. That's kind of yeah. where I'm at thinking, where like I feel like nine wins is maybe the minimum for this division. It's just, <sighs> but again, this is a situation where this division, everything's so close. I mean, we could have a four way tie at the end of the season.
0: The, I, it would not shock me, it really would not. Um, I just, yes, I could see the Raiders' offense keeping up, but I, I just don't see the defense keeping up. They're going to have to make a stop against these three offenses at least once a game to try and keep up offensively, and I don't know if they can do that. Because I, I, I really don't know what they have defensively to be able to even attempt to keep up.
1: Max well,
2: These divisional games are going to shed a lot of light on Mm -hmm. (laughs) how things are going to shake out for all four teams.
1: Yeah. Do we think that the AFC representative in the Super Bowl more than likely comes from the AFC West? I mean... There's what a I don't want to give you false
0: hope, but yes,
1: I really think who's gonna who in the AFC? So we've got the Bengals, Bengals, Bills, Bills. But I think like the Bills. I feel like the Bills. The you no, know, the Ravens might not even win their own division. I like them. Shut They're your a good mouth. Team. But the Bengals are gonna win that division again.
0: We don't have time for this. No, we don't. Bengals, <laughs> Bills, Ravens, Broncos. Uh, I swear to God, the
1: Dolphins. No. No. no I'm not even Dolphins? considering the AFC. No. Anyone the outside the AFC. Like, the Dolphins are going to win the AFC East,
0: guys. No, the Bills are going to win the AFC East. I think yeah. the Dolphins can make the playoffs from the AFC East, but I don't think the. I don't think they uh, will win that division. It would. Uh, Josh Allen would have to get hurt for them to win that division. Yeah, you shut your mouth. Right. I. I'm not wishing it. I'm just it's saying it's the only way the Dolphins win that division.
1: It's okay. not Linda saying it, so it can't I'll be take that bad. To Jeeves.
0: I forgot about that entire thing. Um, okay. Y'all fight over it. Who? Why are the Chiefs what, coming last in this division?
2: I honestly don't. I mean, I believe in Patrick Mahomes. I do. Mm-hmm. But I think this Tyreek Hill exit is going. We already saw him a little shaky last season. And everyone was like, what the hell, man? Including me, because I have rostered Patrick Mahomes
0: over and over curse. and over again.
2: Yeah, Madden Curse. So I just don't know how confident I am with Juju and Mikol and MVS filling that hole, that gap for Tyreek Hill. And I just feel like every single person who drafts or has drafted Patrick Mahomes for this upcoming season is going to be beside themselves when everything goes to CEH, they've got a run-heavy game, um, even, you know, to Jerick McKinnon. Like, we just, we, that's all I'm saying, is that the confidence that has been put into Patrick Mahomes's person may not come to fruition this season. So I'm just cautious. I'm cautious. And seven and ten, while well, that seems wildly low,
1: low. <laughs>
2: wildly low. We will reference this again in a couple of months.
1: See how we're doing. I like it. Anything to add, Nate? So here are their first... This is how their season starts. Arizona in Arizona. Then they've got the Chargers at home, the Colts in Indy, the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay, the Raiders at home, the Bills at home, the 49ers in San Francisco, and then the Titans at home. God. That is a brutal schedule to start the season. And it's a brutal schedule for a team that is still trying to figure out their identity without their main playmaker, Tyree Kill. Yes, you still got Travis Kelsey. You have a running back room that is unsettled. You have a defense that definitely isn't the best in the division. They're going to get eaten alive in that first set of games. And it concerns me. And it, I still think they finish nine and eight, which I think is the bottom of the division. But I don't think they come out of that stretch of games with more than three wins. I mean, you're talking about Tampa Bay. At in Tampa Bay, the Bills are going to come into Arrowhead, and they're going to they're going to be very tough. They're going to be a, very tough, be a to tough team light to beat. The world on fire. The Cardinals kind of have a chip on their shoulder after last season. And I think Kyler Murray has a chip on his shoulder. And I think that that offense can shred the Chiefs defense. And the Chargers are the Chargers.
2: Depending on what you're looking at, they've got one of the top five hardest strength of schedules.
1: Yeah. I mean, they get a break after the Titans with the Jaguars. But then they've got the Chargers in in L.A. again. Then they've got the Rams. Then they've got the Bengals, the Broncos. They get a break with the Texans and the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. Then they're back to the Broncos, and they round out the season against the Raiders. Like, this schedule is ridiculously difficult. Mm -hmm. And I don't – I seriously, like, how do they not come out? Because I can see them losing to the Rams. I can see them losing to the Broncos at least once. The Chargers. I feel like they're all gonna split their matchups in the division. It's gonna be a one-and-one. One. The, home, the home team wins. Seriously. So that's four losses baked in off the bat. They're gonna lose to the Bills. They could lose to the Bucks. Like, this schedule is so insanely difficult. It is not built for them to succeed.
0: That's a fair point. And I have no counterpoint. <laughs> <laughs> So. all right oh uh, that wraps up the show ladies and gentlemen but we you did
2: didn't it. tell us who yours was yeah i did yeah you did yeah we talked about the leaders. Yeah. oh god sorry guys oh yeah you started it off that's right
1: yeah yeah all
2: right i'm here with you cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Th- thanks for being here jen
1: <laughs> thanks for showing up kind of
0: Thanks for popping off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Man. Oh, why? Why? All right. Nate, where can people find you? Anything you want to plug? Just find me on Twitter at Nate Pretty much everything I do is in my bio except for coming off the edge at edge off chaos on Twitter. Um, Yeah. Find me there. Like Jen said, I'm there 24 seven. So I'm hard to miss.
0: It's an accurate statement. I usually, like, it's come to the point, Jen, where whenever Nate comes on, I'm just like, just introduce yourself. Like, you've got too much crap in your bio. I can't keep up with it at
2: all. (laughs) God, isn't that the truth?
0: So, Jen, it was a pleasure having you on the Red Zone Redemption for the first time.
1: Yes, thank you for having me, gladly. Yeah.
2: dang it, Shane, I interrupted again. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Where can people find you? And is there anything that you would like to plug?
2: Uh, well, you can kind of find me on Twitter. Best way to reach me is uh text message, but you got to DM me on Twitter first to get my cell phone number to be able to text me uh, at Jen Paul I am currently writing a series for Rasball about quarterbacks and their changing situations. And editing for Fantasy Pros and uh, obviously in between media with Jen's Friday Night Insights where I talk all things being a mom, a wife, a person, and also football takes. Um, I think that's it,
1: guys. 32 and 32, which I also forgot to plug.
2: Okay, well, that's not great for us since we're the Um, (laughs) co-creators. That's true. We invented it. (laughs) 32 and 30. Yeah, 32 and 32 fantasy football. We'll be bringing an episode a week, 32 teams and 32 minutes where we talk all things that are relevant, um, mostly for the commoner, common person who doesn't sit on Twitter all day or dive deep into... PFF for fantasy pros. We're going to break it down for everybody and kind of just get you to where you need to be for your your lineup each week for for fantasy football. Uh, I think that's it.
1: Awesome. We are
0: busy.
2: We are very yeah. busy people. No kidding.
0: no kidding. Well, thank you both for coming on. I really enjoyed it, especially because we got to make fun of Nate um uh, it's always and, a good time and popping off um make sure you guys like and follow the show i don't even remember the handle i think it's uh ffrz redemption for the show's <laughs> twitter account my twitter account is at ffshaneb you can find us on all of your favorite podcasting apps uh and now on RotoHeat.com. so come check us out and this has been the red zone redemption where we help you make the moves to redeem your fantasy season.
1: Have a good night.